You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy E-Man. Yo, what is up, everybody? This is your boy E-Man coming at you with episode 83. Coming at you with some more heat this week. We got uh, another loaded episode here to uh, go ahead and um, break down for everybody. I got some NBA. You know I got to talk about Zion and LeBron head-to-head matchup this past week. It was epic. Y'all, Zion is showing his true nature and what he's all about. And the king showed he's still the king. I'm going to break down and give you my reaction on uh, Tyson Fury and Wilder. I know it's been about almost two weeks, but part three is coming up. So I want to react on that and give you my take. And also do a little uh, Tony Romo here, man. This man just got paid and people are hitting a little too much on Tony Romo for, you know, for making his game work, from hustling. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's get started. Let's go at it. Let's start with Tyson Fury and um, Deontay Wilder last fight. Uh, as you all know, Wilder suffered the seventh round TKO lost in the rematch part two of Tyson Fury against Tyson Fury the last a couple of weeks, a couple of Saturday nights ago. It's going to be about two weeks now. The uh, the trainer, Deontay Wilder's trainer, uh, you know, career long court trainer, Mark Breland, threw in the towel, man, in the seventh round, ending the, the one sided fight. I mean, Deontay Wilder, we all know he was getting his ass kicked. Uh, he was really not not functioning. He wasn't responding well. Wilder had already been knocked down twice, was taking tremendous, tremendous punishment. And not going to spend too much time on breaking down this fight because it was almost two weeks ago. But look, it's a tale of two different camps against when it, when it comes to Wilder and Fury 2 in the rematch. First fight, I'm going to keep it real. If it wasn't for the two knockdowns that Wilder uh, gave uh, to Fury that he's just Fury suffered, that fight would have gone to Fury because he was outscoring Wilder. He was outboxing Wilder. And he was already, and he was getting hit. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's keep it real. Fury would have won that fight. But let's fight. It's the draw. I think the draw is very justifiable in the first fight. He was getting outscored, but he knocked him down twice. Hey, here we go. I think that fight was more harm for Wilder than it was good. And it was more of a benefit for Fury to experience those two knockdowns, and that's the reason why he won the second fight. In this fight, part two, Wilder came in, went up in weight, and I think he said, look, he can't take me. I knocked Fury, he knocked Fury down twice. He thought to himself, I'm gonna get a little heavier, and I'll be able to knock him out quick. I got the one punch stopping power, that's it. That's all he did. He did not, his camp didn't really change any game plans. They went in with the same game plan they went in the first fight. On the opposite end, Fury was like, I'm going to go up 40 pounds. I'm the bigger man. I am going to pressure. And that's what he did. He said he was going to pressure the fight. I'm going to lean on him and I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to make a dirty fight. I'm going to make it sloppy. And that's what he did. The part that also it's very, it's worth noting here is he switched trainers. He went with the crunk gym training staff with Emmanuel Stewart Jr. I think that's his kid. I'm not sure. And they went in there and completely completely changed the game plan. They saw what they could do to him. They know they could hit Wilder because Wilder is not a great boxer. He's a one-punch wonder. He's like kind of Tyson. The difference is that Tyson had head movement. He could he could move around the ring, and he was faster than uh, Wilder, but had Tyson power. So they say, look, you know what? We got to make this cat back up. You're going to get bigger, Fury, all right? And you're going to lean on him. You're going to punch him. You're going to bully him. You got to keep messing with him. You're going to... They expose his right hand and make sure he was not able, Fury, I mean, uh, Wilder, that was, not able to fully extend. And by wearing him down, 
physically leaning on them, just go ahead and drain it, baby. Drain, drain that energy. And that's what they did. Fury knocked them out twice. Hey, the ruptured eardrum did not help. Fury's balance was off from right after that knockdown in the second round when he hit him in the back of the head. Look, back of the head is illegal, but it, it was not intentional. Tyson Fury was knocked down by one of those knockdowns that Fury suffered in the first fight was a back of the head punch by, by uh, Wilder. So it is what it is. Again, he went up at it. He told him what he was going to do. He did it. They executed the right game plan. It was brilliant. For the first time ever, Deontay Wilder got bullied and wasn't the bully. He got bullied. He leaned on him, hit him, pushed him, didn't get him get off, did not let him get off. Brilliant, brilliant plant by Tyson Fury's camp. Unlike Deontay Wilder, who just went in there with the same game plan as, as fi the first fight, and that usually doesn't work out that way. Takeaways, they made Tyson Fury back up. Fury is not good on his feet, so therefore he could not stand and use his legs to go ahead and generate power with his right. When you're backing up, it's hard for you to stand, put your foot down, your right leg, the way you could generate full power with your punch. That's what they did. They annihilated that right hand. They completely exposed it. Here we go. Last Sunday, it was announced Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder 3. It's going to happen sometime in July. It's going to happen. Uh, they don't have this set for so July 18th. All right. In the MGM Grand Arena in Vegas. So July 18th, Deontay Wilder on Sunday exercised his right to the rematch. And the trilogy is going to happen July 18th. It's crazy. That was the same day he posted a video early on. Look, I love Deontay. He's a warrior. He said he sh this fight should have never been stopped because he wanted to go out on the shield because he's a warrior. And the video that he posted saying the war is not over. I'm going to come back. I'm a warrior. I'm your king. Your king is going to be back better than ever. I love all that about Deontay Wilder because he's a, he's a, he's a beast. He's all about, he's, he's fought everybody they put in front of him. He doesn't back down to anybody. I love that about Deontay Wilder. And yes, I want to see this trilogy before anything else. Now, my prediction is if Deontay, Deontay's camp doesn't adjust to what Fury is going to do or take what they learn or take what happened in, in, in the second fight and adjust Deontay's strategy because they know they can beat Fury with a one punch knockout. They couldn't do it in the first fight. He took his best shot. And he still got up. Second fight took a couple of big right hands. Didn't hurt Fury because Deontay was so depleted energy wise. So again, they need to kind of scratch and go back to the drawing board. Yes, his bread and butter is that right hand, one shot stopping power, you know, fight ending power. But yo, you can't beat a guy in the class of Fury who could box, can move with one punch. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's too late for Deontay's career to go ahead and kind of learn how to box and move more. And, you know, Deontay barely uses his jab. It's, this is not going to work, man. Fury's going to come in. The Fury's camp is going to come in with a different game plan, but it's going to be similar to that. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and um, he's going to rush him. He's going to go ahead and he's going to pressure. He's going to make him fall back. He's going to make him retreat, you know, retreat. And they're going to try to do the same thing all over again. It's going to be a huge, huge deal. in part three in the trilogy. All right. The third fight on behalf of Deontay Wilder's camp. And the fact that they got, they got to change the program, man. They got to come in with a better plan. They got to change. They cannot do the same thing they did in fight one and two because it's going to be result. It's going to result in the same thing that happened in fight three. Fury with a, a knockout win or a TKO. 
but I'm so excited. I want to see this. My prediction right now, Fury takes uh, fight three because I don't think Deontay Wilder is ready to change his style. He, even though he's going to go out on the shield, I think it's going to be another win by the uh, by uh, Tyson Fury. And then we're going to see Fury and Joshua, Fury and uh, a whole bunch of other cats. It is what it is, man. Part two was great. I think part three is going to have the fireworks that part two did not have. It's going to be more back and forth battle. I think, you know, Deontay is definitely has to get a little more ready. It's going to be nice regardless. It's going to be a great fight regardless. I'm hyped for it. Moving on. All right, man. Yo, listen, last week we had two awesome games. We saw the present against the future, the king against the new king, LeBron James against Zion Williamson. I don't want to hear it. It's it's all Zion and LeBron right now, man. Zion Williamson hasn't disappointed. The first player is Michael Jordan to what? Get 11 straight 20-plus point games or 25-plus point games for the start of his career. The first teenager ever so I think go 11, 25 point. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's something crazy. Like 20, I think he's the first teenager ever to have 11 straight 25 point games or 20 point games in his career. And the first one says Jordan to do, I believe, oh, to shoot like 59% average 23 over 20 points a game. The first guy ever since Michael Jordan. So his name is being drawn right now with Michael Jordan as a rookie starting in his career. I don't think he's Jordan. I don't think he's LeBron, but he's definitely Zion is the next big thing. And I've been saying that since last year. Huge Zion fan, so, you know, if you've been listening to me since day one, you know how much I am on Zion's tip, my friend. And I'm not afraid to say it. But, yo, man, listen, it was, it was, I love both matchups. Zion came to play. Look, Zion's ceiling is still so high. So high, based on that, after what you've seen here. Zion's ceiling, ceiling is so high. Just to give you the quick takeaway. The second game, Zion got busy. He scored 35 points. All right? They lost to the Lakers by eight points, just like the first game. But I want to tell you something. When he took off his shirt and gave his jersey to JaVale McGee, you can still see Zion's body. Still, he has baby fat, bro. The kid still has a gut. You know, not like a gut like me, like, like a beer-drinking gut or a middle-aged gut, 42-year-old man here. But he has a gut, which that's what it tells you how much more this guy needs to work on his body. And look how dangerous he is right now with not even having a, a right nutrition the right trainers yet, he's still like developing. His body's still developing. He's still a teenager, for God's sake. It's scary the ceiling that's still left to be reached by Zion Williamson. Let's get back to the game. First game, hey, I love the the the, the I love the the passion by Zion, man. And 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 in the first game, I mean, look, he he took it to LeBron. First of all, AD was in the game. It was AD and um JaVel McGee. And what was and Dwight Howard who covered most most of uh covered Zion most of the time, he ate AD's cookies. He stole Javale McGee's skittles. He dropped twenty nine points, shot third shot eight out of, out of eight out of eighteen. Okay, AD has probably his worst scoring game of the year of the season percentage wise because he shot six for twenty one. Could not keep Zion at all. Have fourteen boards. But they could not hold, he could not hold Zion. He made AD look like a freaking child. I mean, some of the moves, everybody knows Zion has got to go left. And you still can't defend Zion. You know he's going left, but you can't stop his left. When Zion faces up against a guy of AD's height, Dwight Howard, or whatchamacallit, or JaVel McGee, you can't, you can't face him. He's going to blow right by you. And when he gets down low, on that first step move, it's over. And the fact that if he misses, he has the ability to spring right back up. 
over Dwight Howard, who's a heck of an athlete, and score it again? Insane. He he killed Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had no answer for Zion, and neither the front court of the Lakers. You know, the first game they lost 118 and 109, but Zion said, and he stapled by saying, I am here. Game two was a little more intense, man. Actually, it was it was closer. They had the lead. Um, Zion had his best game, 35 point. Bro, he shot 12 for C1, 12 for 16. 12 for 16 and 11 out of 13. Great improvement on the free throw. Zion played 33 minutes. Right now, he's averaging 25 to 30 minutes a game. Get ready when he starts averaging 30 to 35 a game. He's averaging 23 points a game right now. Almost 24. That's scoring out. And when he starts hitting free throws at an 80%, 80% level, this kid's going to average 25, 26 points a game without a problem. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get scary. It's going to get really, really scary. I enjoy, Game two was great, man. I, look, I love seeing Zion's energy, his youthfulness, his joy for the game. Game two was Zion and LeBron, man. There were opportunities where they guarded each other. And, and, and you know, in game one, it was Zion against the front court and destroy the front court. In game two, you know, LeBron took some shots at him and vice versa. In the first half, you know, Zion had that quick fadeaway there on LeBron. He ended up, it was crazy because right before the half, when he took Kuzma to the rack and dunked on him, it, well, he didn't dunk on him, but it was a vicious dunk. Then LeBron comes back and hits that 34 three-pointer by saying, Young Buck, still my lead. That one break that he, the, well, it was a walk, the one that behind the back dribbled and then, you know, he cracked Zion. He took three steps, not two, okay? But regardless of the fact, it was nice. It was very, very nice. And I love the fourth quarter. <clears throat> Zion had that little, you know, one-two step where he shot that little pull-up. But then, you know, LeBron hit that big three on his mug. LeBron actually played some really good defense on Zion, stripped him once. You know, Zion was a little crazy there too. But I like the fact that Zion smiled every time, regardless whether LeBron scored on him or not. It was just the joy of like, damn, I'm playing against the best player in the world, the king, the guy that I always look for. And I am actually holding my own. And this young man, I'm a fan of, not just because his ability, his skill. I've never seen anybody that big, that wide, jump out of the gym like that and have that footwork and that speed. I, I see Zion and, and Larry Johnson's muscle and body and Sean Kemp's jumping ability with both with a better jump shot because he's going to develop that jump shot. He has a good form. He's going to develop that jump shot. But seeing Zion going up and down the court, not being afraid of the challenge, smiling and youthfulness, the love for the game, bro, it, it makes me it, it makes me really, really like have joy and be happy for the game because we got the new face, man. We got to, if, if Zion stays healthy and all the right pieces fall together, LeBron James is going to leave this game with a lot of good cats. Zion being one of them, Luka Doncic and John Moran. We got three young cats right now that are going to take the game when LeBron leaves and take it to another level and represent for LeBron, just like LeBron has done after Michael and Kobe. But LeBron, my takeaway from this game is the fact that Zion is a beast, man. A beast, and we all know that. You can't, you know, how can you get 12, 35 points, 12 out of 16 shooting, 11 out of 13, seven rebounds. He has to work on the turnovers because he has six turnovers, which is huge. But he has to work on the turnovers because right now he's a little wild. I mean, he has, he, he doesn't even know what how to harness this power that he has, which is his athletic ability. Um, I enjoy this game very, very much, and it gives us a glimpse of the future, man. And I, I want to see, uh, let me tell you, the Pelicans, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, which I think they're going to make the playoffs, they got a better schedule than. The, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies got a way tougher schedule, and I think they're going to make the playoffs in the A-seed. And if it makes the playoffs, like I said last week, last podcast, 
Don't be surprised if this is a co-rookie of the year. I would love to because I'm biased for Zion, but John Moran has played all the games, man. He should he should get it by themselves. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, they're going to put Zion as with John Moran, co-rookie of the year, if, if the Pelicans make the playoffs. Um, it is it is what it is. It's going to happen. And it's going to be maybe a co-rookie of the year, just like Jason Kidd and Grant Hill happened back in the 90s. But yo, much power to Zion, brother. Dude's a beast. He's a beast and he's the future. And I want to close out the show, man. People have been hating over and over again on, on Tony Romo. Look, don't hate the player, hate the game. Tony Romo has was offered a new deal by CBS to retain him for $17 million per season. It's insane. It's the biggest deal ever for a broadcaster ever. All right. In 14 NFL seasons, Romo made more than 17 million in a season only three times. Okay. Upon retiring, Romo signed a $12 million contract, which expired in 2019. And boom, as soon as he retired, they give him 10 million in his first year to broadcast. People saw the talent, people saw the flavor that Romo brings, and the new age in football broadcasting. There's a reason why the NFL has the highest ratings in sports entertainment and sports better than crashing, destroying the NBA. And let's not even bring baseball in, into the talk because they're non-existent. And the fact that these players are, are, are bitching about it, you got Michael Thomas, who I respect that I think is the best wide receiver in football saying it's not right that a broadcaster who's not playing football is making more money than most football players. Let me, let me rephrase that. Let me go. No, let me rephrase. Let me correct that for Michael Thomas. It's a different arena, my friend. The money's not coming from your league. It's coming from a network. So stupid takeaway, stupid take by Michael Thomas. He should get himself educated first before doing that stupid take. Because right now, the new CBA and other good stuff, all these players are trying to make noise. Different arena, my friend. Tony Romo gets paid by a network, not by the league. So me, on the other hand, this needs to start happening because football, the NFL keeps evolving. And these and these and these announcers need to step it up. And Romo is it steps it up. Romo makes it entertaining. Romo makes it very knowledgeable. He's a smart guy. One of the one of the most one of the best careers as a quarterback that was a walk on. Didn't even get drafted and made the best out of it because he's not stupid. I, on that hand, I am happy for Romo to make seventeen million a year. I think the dude earned it. I think the dude is probably better than sixty percent of those sports broadcasters and announcers out there. So therefore, he gets paid because people are going to tune in to listen to Romo. It is what it is. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. And stop hating on Tony Romo because homie got paid. Deservedly so. It is what it is. That's all I got for this week. I'm actually taping. I'm actually recording this from my uh, my car. I'm waiting for my daughter to get out of CCD. And I said, let me take some time, man, and record an episode. I'm using, I'm not even using my regular mic. I'm using my headphones, my, uh, my, uh, iPods. So, uh, but I wanted to get, get something down and I'm going to go ahead and post it tonight. Um, so y'all, thank you everybody again for the love. Thank you for listening. All my loyal listeners who've been around since day one. All my new listeners, I appreciate the love. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yo, check out my YouTube channel. Check out all my, my platforms in the description below where you can go ahead and subscribe. Thank you very much for listening. This is your boy, Eman, signing out. Peace.